0: If chapter 4 gave us a vision of God as the creator and providential Lord, chapter 5 gives us a picture of God, a vision of God as a providential Lord and a redeemer. We also have the unsealing of the scroll by the Lamb in this fifth chapter. Here now the reading of God's inspired word given for our prophet, Revelation 5 starting at verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, And all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Thus far the reading of God's inspired word revelation chapter 5 here in verses 1 through 4 we have God's sealed book of decrees in his hand unsealed now children the book is not like we have our books fold open in folio style their books look like this they would roll up a scroll And being written on the front or inside and the outside meant you would see print on this side, not merely on the inside once it was opened. There was so much material there that God spilled over to the outside of all the important things he was about to do. Now this book was in the right hand of him that sat on the throne. Now you'll recall that in chapter four, who sat on the throne or what sat on the throne? Well, it was God, obviously, but he was figured forth in the apocalyptic way under the symbol of stones. He was shown to be like a jasper or a sardis, a precious, beautiful, bright stone. Now notice he has hands. He's figured out in a different way. It shifts from an ideal representation of valuable jewelry to now a king sitting upon his throne With his right hand of power where his decrees would be issued forth from. So here the shift is to the decrees of God or to this sealed book which will be unfolded as the decrees are executed. The book was written within and on the backside and sealed with seven seals. You remember seven is significant for fullness and also for the numbers three added to four three being the number of God, four being the number of creation. And these two added together make seven the fullness of God's decree, his work in the created order, in other words. These contents spill to the backside. No man, after the strong angel announces the challenge, no man anywhere, whether in heaven, nor in earth, nor under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Now, to look thereon does not mean to see that it's in his hand, because John did that. It means to look on it, to open it up, and see what the contents actually say. Nobody could do that. Whether in heaven, earth, or under the earth, that is in hell. These are God's secret decrees. Man cannot know the secret things of God. Rather, man only knows those things revealed. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things revealed to us and to our children that we may keep all the words of this law. David Piraeus in his commentary on Revelation says, thus all created things are altogether insufficient to reveal these heavenly secrets. There is, I say, no wisdom in the creature to apprehend the counsels of God, much less to make them known unto others. This honor appertains to the Lamb only. Now this is very important. Men desire to know the secrets of God's providence. They desire to peer into the future. In fact, this is the basis of what we call empiricism, or science falsely so called where men want to know the future and then they want to make their prophecies have you ever heard of climate change global warming do you remember maybe you don't when i was a kid the earth was going to melt because you had hairspray and you sprayed your hair and then there was this big hole in the ozone layer oh we were all going to die By the time I was um, 20-something, we were all going to be dead. And then guess what happened later? We were all going to be dead 12 years. In 2012, when we bought our house there down the road, we were all going to be dead, and the world was going to be flooded. And guess what? We're going to be dead in about eight years now, because it's been four years since they said 12 years. You see? they want to know the secrets they want to know the unfolding they want to open that scroll with their own notions but notice who is sufficient to open this in heaven in earth or in under the earth who could open these scrolls no man no one knew the future they couldn't read your palm they couldn't tell you the future in little fortune cookie they couldn't do any of those things they can't tell you what God keeps secret demons can guess So if you want to go and ask the devil and go to hell together with him, well, there you go. You can do your horoscope. You can do your palm reading. You can do your necromancy. You can do it all and go to hell with the devil. No man could know. John then weeps at this. He wants to know. He thinks all hope is lost. There will be no revelation of this fullness of God's decree. But he wants to know. Let us weep when we see the inability of man, especially then rejoice when we see the power of Jesus Christ, the Lamb who is worthy, verses 5 through 7. One of the elders saith unto me, in verse 5, weep not. Now when you read in our King James Bible the words not after an imperative, it usually means stop doing something you're doing, and that's what it is here stop weeping is what he tells him it's a present imperative of prohibition you're presently doing this don't stop it that's what he's saying and then instead of weeping behold look pay attention put your eyes from weeping to looking look up there there is a lion he says of the tribe of Judah Jacob our father had prophesied that from Judah there would come forth this lion that Judah would be a lion's whelp that he would have the prey for his own in other words that he would be king Judah would be the king and there would come forth a king from him this is the promised ruler this is the promised king of the jungle so to speak from the tribe of Judah God's glorious king notice also he is the root David. Now it's very important to understand that in Isaiah 11 he prophesies of this. He says there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Wait a second. Branches don't grow out of roots do they? Well yes actually they do. We call it coppicing and what happens is certain trees if you cut them down do you know what happens? Their roots send forth trees and new trees are created from the root system of the old tree. In fact, we have a large black locust tree we had cut down sometime this year. And now what do we have? Little black locust trees all surrounding where that tree used to be coming up from the roots. David's house was cut down. Do you know what happened? His sons were taken to captivity. Did they ever rule in Jerusalem again? No, they didn't. In fact, when our Lord Jesus Christ came, who was the king of Judea? Anybody know? Herod. He was the king of Judea. Was he of the line of David? No. Where was he from? Esau. He was an Edomite. And yet... He ruled over the holy people. Why? Because the tree had been felled at the captivity. It had been cut down. And God said, I'm going to bring up from that dead tree a new tree for all the nations of the earth. He is the root of David. His pedigree is certain. He rules as a king. He is David's son, but he is David's Lord. He hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. He is the conqueror, that's what the word prevailed means. He is the victor, he is the prevailing one. Now these seven seals concern the unfolding of the royal decree, that's why it's in the king's right hand. King's on the throne, king's got a sealed book. Why do kings seal things up? So that you know it's their authoritative decree. This comes from the throne. The king has decreed this is the case. Oh, look, it's his seal. I can see now this is official. This is from the king. Who's going to open it? Who has the right to open that? Only our Lord Jesus Christ. He has prevailed. He has divine right to open these royal decrees of heaven. And notice also, not only is he a lion, what else is he? Verse 6. In the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain Christ the mediator Christ the sacrifice Christ the priest but he's also a lion he's the king he is the king and the priest this is him This is our mediator, Jesus Christ, standing where? In the midst of the throne, everyone surrounding him. The four elders, or excuse me, the four beasts and the 24 elders all surrounding the Lamb in the midst of the throne. Those wounds he received upon Calvary's cross are still with him. Do you see that? A Lamb as it had been slain. The wounds are still there. He makes intercession for us. Why? Because he will bring us at last to the fulfillment of all of God's promises. Here is this lamb slain for us. Now here it says he stood. This is in the perfect tense. It's an action that happened in time past. That continues on to this present and goes on into the future he took up his stand continues to stand and will continue to stand as our mediator before the throne of God and slain also is in the perfect passive our Lord was slain he was both the victim or the sacrifice and the priest that slew the victim he did it himself to himself No man took his life from him. He laid it down of his own will. And this slaying happened again, perfect, in the past and continues to this very moment in its effects, and those effects will go on forevermore. Slain our Lord Jesus Christ, never to be repeated in this sacrifice, a once-for-all slaying of our Lord Jesus Christ. But its effects continue to this very day, Notice what else does this lamb have? He is no mere lamb. He is no gentle, meek, and mild. What does he have? Seven horns. You ever seen a lamb with horns? Maybe two, maybe one, maybe none. Seven horns. Again, this is ideal. This is not a description of physical appearance. What do the horns do? Do you remember in the book of Daniel? There is one who had a horn and he pushed and he pushed. And he pushed till he conquered the whole world. Alexander the Great, the great ruler of the Greeks, and then his kingdom was divided in four. These horns represent the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fullness of his royal majesty. Though he seems to be a lamb and weak, you better mark it down, he has horns to push his adversaries, to raise his horn above his adversaries, to push them back to destruction. Victory, power, dominion, kingship. He is a priest who sacrificed the lamb. He is a king with horns to push What else do we have seven eyes now what do eyes do if you were to close your eyes and try to read a book how much wisdom do you suppose you would gain in that venture what do your eyes do for you would you try to walk around your house in the middle of the night and it's very dark could you see anything that's when I always hurt my feet stub my toes ouch i didn't know that was there somebody left it there why because i cannot see what do the eyes do they give you information they give you light they give you knowledge they give you understanding what do seven eyes do they have the fullness of knowledge the fullness of understanding as if a prophet or a seer a lamb priest with horns a king, with eyes a prophet. This is our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed prophet, priest, and king on behalf of his people. Filled with the spirit of God, these seven eyes are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth The Spirit of God emanates from Christ as the great prophet of his church. As the king and head of his church, the Spirit proceeds from the Son to accomplish the work that was necessary. No partners, no companions, except the Spirit of God himself. Would you have salvation? Look to the Christ, the Lamb of God would you have victory and dominion look at that lamb with seven horns pushing his enemies subduing us to himself would you have wisdom would you walk in light and not in darkness look to the lamb with seven eyes who sees all things and has all wisdom he came this lamb did he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. He had the purpose of executing the decrees of God, and notice, this is after his death and resurrection. This is after his ascension into heaven. This concerns the unfolding purpose of God for his people. Verses eight through 14, we have the song of the 24 elders, a loud saying of the myriads of angels. The universal glory to God and the Lamb by all creation, the amen of the four beasts, and the worship of the 24 elders. Notice there, verse 8 it says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps. Now, the word having is a participle, it describes somebody that went before, it does not describe the beasts. It describes the elders. It is the same in case and gender. It describes the elders having harps, not the beasts. This is very important. The beasts are the cherubim. They are not creatures like men, they are creatures like angels. They are not redeemed, and so they will not sing this song. They will not play the harps. The elders will. So the elders fall down before the Lamb the living beast excuse me fell down before the lamb these mighty angels executing god's decrees of providence the church of the 24 representing the church of the jews and gentiles fall down before christ those elders the church they have harps what what pray tell happens with a harp in the bible well they sing the praise of god where do they sing the praise of god in the temple of God. Here is the royal temple. Here are those priests, you might say, and kings unto God. Here they sing the songs of God, the psalms of God. What else do they have? They also have vials. They have vials full of odors, which are called the prayers of the saints. Now, some people believe erroneously that the prayers of the saints are the odors or the incense, because the Bible does use that analogy, that my prayer would come before thee as incense, David says in Psalm 104. But that's not true in this case. The prayers of the saints are the golden vials themselves, not the odors. Ask me how I know? Well, the pronoun which are the prayers of the saints refers back to a feminine plural noun, vials, not to a neuter noun, odors. So it's a different gender, in other words. It's talking about the vials, not the odors. The 24 elders or representative church own these priestly articles, both the Levitical harp and the Levitical uh, vials. They are the ones possessed of the priesthood the elders themselves, as representing the spiritual worship of God by the kingdom of priests, the saints of the New Testament, and of the old. They're clothed in white raiment, the righteousness of Christ. They're crowned with golden crowns, kings together with him. Let us then rejoice in gospel privileges. This was not for the beasts. This was for the elders. They were given these articles with which to worship God in this visionary way. They were able to offer up song, whereas we will find that the angels and the beasts can only talk about redemption. The elders can speak to Christ himself concerning their redemption. And we'll see this shortly. Let us rejoice in these privileges, especially in gospel worship, that we offer up through our Lord Jesus Christ as mediator, the lamb in the midst of the throne. We've been given access into this grace in which we stand. And they sung a new song, verse 9 tells us. Now, again, it's the elders with the harps and the vials who sing this song. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. The beasts will not say this because they have never been redeemed, they've never been lost. They didn't need redemption. The angels will not say this. They will not sing at all. Neither of them sing. Only the redeemed of the Lord can sing. And they sing a new song for the glory of God from the depths of their souls as sinners redeemed by the blood of this lamb, this priest, this king, this prophet. Thou art worthy. Notice the pronoun. Not he is worthy. Thou art worthy, they say, to take that book and to open the seals. Worthy in himself, worthy in his works. Why? For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God, us, notice, by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. This is called the Catholic Church. The universal church in every age, in every nation, in every dispensation, in every condition. This is the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, redeemed by his blood, represented by these 24 elders. Christ is worthy because of his death, because of his now taking and redeeming a people to god they who once were in bondage he buys them out for god and then what does he make them his slaves because you can do that when you redeem a slave you can say now i bought you i bought you out of this man's slavery now you're my slave is that what he does no thou hast made us unto our god Kings and priests, you've elevated us from the dunghill to sit with the princes of the earth, as Hannah's song says. I note then that Christ's redeemed people are kings and priests to God. They reign with Christ upon earth. Who reigns on the earth? Oh, well, it's the Jews, of course, right? So the transhumanists, the Marxists it's the Republicans no it's the Democrats no it's the Chinese who actually reigns on the earth we do those redeemed with the blood of the Lamb are kings and priests men are slaves to this earth did you know that they are slaves to themselves and their bodily appetites they're slaved to the opinions of men they're enslaved to the fear of death what do we fear God do we fear anything else heights Depths, things present, things to come. No, we reign on the earth. Let us rejoice in this glorious privilege. Then a glorious host of angels surround God's throne and court. And verse 11, and notice verse 12, saying with a loud voice, they do not sing. They say, legontes is the word. Worthy is the Lamb not thou art worthy as we sing they say he they describe him one who has not redeemed them but has redeemed others no singing no direct address we have privileges greater than angels we who are redeemed with the blood of Christ we have been given a status as kings and priests they minister for our salvation can you imagine they in their own nature inherently are greater than us we are lower than the angels but god says by my grace uniting you to my son i exalt you above them we have privileges even above angels we have experience of redemption whereas angels who left their first estate are cast down to hell no hope of salvation And may we well up in song to God, in thanksgiving to him, rejoicing in this glorious privilege, not pridefully exalting ourselves above angels, but humbly rejoicing in God's grace. And they say that Christ is worthy to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. These are words of royalty, of conquest, of omnipotence, of omniscience, of universal honor and blessing, Christ is the living God. Blessing and honor, they say, and glory and power to him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The whole creation cries out in praise to God, and so must we. The four beasts, what do they say? Amen. They agree, they consent they believe everything they affirm everything that's been said by others and then the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever here we have not just god the creator as chapter 4 here we have god the redeemer who has called a people and now we will see in the rest of the book the unfolding of the scroll the pouring out of the vials of god the giving forth and unlocking of all the mysteries of God, the thunderings of God, all the things he's going to open up little by little, vista by vista, what is he accomplishing for his people? And thus far, Revelation chapter 5.